All right. We have Josh Wentz here with the Wellness Habit. Um, thanks for coming on, Josh. Appreciate yeah, no you. Appreciate um, you just a couple things, man. I, I, you know, I've followed your page a little bit lately. Um, and obviously you, you were on the uh, tea with Gary V and that's where, you know, I, I saw you on there. And um, I think a, a lot of the people that he has on there, you know, they come and go and, and move on. You don't really see much of them, don't hear much of them. But when I, you know, I sat and I listened to yours, you know, I, I listened to it on the podcast and I listened to your, you know, spot on there and man resonated huge with me because I, there's a couple things, my, me, myself, that I, you know, ailments that I have um, and things that I notice that I do that kind of must relate to the soft tissue stuff where, you know, like I'll, I'll go in a doorway and like kind of grind the muscle of my back against the corner of the door. And, you know, these things, you know, listen to you talk and, and um, about those things kind of resonated, stuck with me. So yeah. um, you have stood out to me more than anybody else that I've heard on there. And that's the reason I wanted to, you know, sit and talk with you for a few. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, so, you know, just to start off, like, Give me a little bit of background, like how, where did you discover uh, soft tissue work or, you know, how did you get into the field? How did you, where did it, where did it, where'd you come from, yeah. you know, to get uh, here? Yeah, so grew up playing baseball and my junior year of high school developed some pretty bad shoulder pain. It was kind of coming out gradually and then junior year is kind of when it um, culminated and was getting to the point where I was taking four or five ibuprofen just to make it through a baseball game. Um, and so I was trying anything and everything, chiropractors, doctors, massage therapists, and nothing really seemed to be helping. And, uh, it would, it would be like a couple days of a little bit of relief and then go right back to where it was feeling, um, before that session. And so I was getting pretty frustrated and kind of the point where I was like, well, what, what the heck am I going to have? like do because this is my passion baseball and something that I um, loved playing and I was uh, my my ability was lacking because of uh, because of my shoulder pain and so eventually got recommended I go see this guy that does body work and I was at the point where I was like I'll try anything at this point and so after the first session noticed quite a bit of difference um, still still in pain obviously but noticed a big difference compared to the other treatments that I had been trying. Uh, then three or four sessions in, I think it was after the fourth session, I was off ibuprofen. Um, and so just uh, that had obviously hadn't happened before with the other treatments. Um, and so I was uh, sold and I was still in some pain, but not nowhere to the point where I was needing to take as much ibuprofen. Um, I was able to make it through the games, not pain-free, but um, yeah. definitely a lot better than I was before. So that's really where I started like, and fell in love with the, the treatment and um, really saw the benefits of it and how I could help other people using it. So, Yeah, um, that's, you know, one of the things that I kind of is, is weird for me is that you have to kind of put yourself in pain to get to those areas, right? To, yep. you know, to, to fix that stuff. And so, you know, for me, it's like, I'm grinding against a door 
but I don't know, am I, is it too hard? Is it not? But looking at some of the stuff that you post, I think I'm not even close to uh, where I'm supposed to, you know, the pain that I'm supposed to feel in order to, to kind of heal those, those areas. So what's the real root of um, what you, what you do as far as the soft tissue stuff with, you know, cause you end up bruised up and you end up looking beat up when you're done with it. Um, what, you know, what are you getting at, I guess, like what part of the, the tissue and body are you getting to? Yeah. So essentially you're just, there's, there's nerve, there's nerve endings and muscles, tendons, uh, your skin, the muscle fascia, which actually surrounds the muscle. Uh, it's like a film layer. You're actually, there's nerve tendons in there and or nerve endings in there. And what you're, all you're doing is stimulating the body um, in ways and then that is jump-starting your healing process um, in your body. So most of the time we're doing very little in terms of actually correcting things in our body uh, when we're doing soft tissue work. Most of the time we're just jump-starting that healing process, um, which is a lot of the, like, if, you, if you've ever seen like Graston, um, Graston, I, I refer to Graston as a little more violent so the scraping that i do is yep. less less intrusive i very rarely get bruising in people um some like some of the times it's it's like women that tend to bruise a little bit easier uh, but i'm very rarely getting any bruising uh, people might be a little bit sore the next day but ne definitely not more painful by any means yeah. um and so a lot of the stuff that i do isn't actually um, getting that bruising. It's not actually um, breaking up a lot of stuff. More of it is just getting that pain response um, that activates that, that kind of stimulation in the body and jumpstarts the it. body's healing process. So I'm really not doing that much. I'm just doing enough to actually let the body kind of restart that itself. process again, so. Got it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That, makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, so when people are, when you see people are super heavily bruised after a session, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think that's going back too far. Um, and I think that's, that's re-injuring yourself and then having to come back. I haven't done a ton of research on it, but that's kind of my thought process on it is with the grass then, like that is going in there and breaking up capillaries and things like that. And I don't think the body needs all of that to happen in order for yep. you to to kind of heal yourself so yeah that's almost kind of breaking the whole entire thing down yeah to make it all so, heal yeah. back together exactly. yeah yeah understood um so i see you know you post your um the self-care videos and um you have your little scraper there yeah is that something that's that is yours that um like where where could somebody like myself where could i go to buy that. Yeah, so I actually, I actually sell those on my website, uh, okay. which is the wellnesshabit.co. Uh, the link is also in my Instagram bio as well. I sell those. I sell the, the actual silk cloth, which just saves uh, money and time with lotion. I mean, you can okay. use lotion with it, but this just saves not getting all oily and all these yep. different types of stuff. And so you just literally put that cloth right in between and then scrape right on wherever you need to. Um, so I actually have both of those. I think it's uh, just under 35 bucks for the two of those okay. together. Um, Great. And I can get those shipped out pretty quick. Usually cool. within 
usually within a day or two, and then two, two, three days of shipping. So, uh, yeah, those you can use the back of a butter knife or other objects that you find that have somewhat of an edge to them. I just the en the energy in the jade stone itself because it's a natural occurring substance. Um, yep. And I just feel like they're, that's what they're meant, that's what they're built for, that's what they're meant to do, um, the jade scrapers. And so, yeah, I just feel that yeah. it works better. Obviously, you can use other things, but. So, yeah, I feel like if you're, if, you're, if you're serious about wanting to correct some things and wanting to do, then the, the $30 is well spent to, yeah, for sure. you know, for, to, to, for the additional or whatever it is, you know, I, I think for me personally anyway, mm -hmm. anyway. I'll, I'm going to order one um, just because I want to get that, you know, I want to get the real effect of it. I don't want to scrape yeah. it down with a butter knife and, yeah. and, and, you know, pretend I'm doing something yeah. that I don't know anything about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, a um, couple of other things. Um, I, I noticed one thing on your, uh, one thing on your Instagram, uh, I talked about, you talked about um, soft, soft tissue and like non-contact, soft tissue injuries and yep. what, what, um, I mean, obviously we see them, we see them in football, we see them in, you know, track and field and people coming up hamstring. I'm guessing that's the type of thing or, or ACLs that just go, you know, on a cut and how, and so my take on, on your view of it is that the, they are somewhat avoidable if you're doing the right thing. Is that, is that right? Somewhat? Correct. Obviously, there's there's um, instances. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I would I'll say 99% just to be on the safe side. Yeah, I'll say 99% yeah. of non-contact injuries are avoidable. I guess let's do this: weather. If it's snowing, if it's raining, yep. and you slip and fall, that's might not be unavoidable. That it's right. still a non-contact injury, but might not be as unavoidable as, as just a nice regular day of playing. You're making a cut down the field that you've done a thousand times. No one touches right. you. You twist your knee and you tear your ACL. Or you're jumping up for a rebound. Nobody touches you. You land on your ankle and it falls and it twists. Yep. Um, I mean, though, those are the type of non-contact injuries I'm talking about. And so 99%, I would say, except for weather, those right. are non-contact injuries that are avoidable if we're actually setting up and preparing our body correctly to play a sport or go for a marathon, like running in a marathon or whatever it is. Um, if you're not, if you're not getting slide tackled in soccer or tackled at the, at the knees in football and you're getting injured, you should be asking yourself why that has happened. If you're, if you didn't get touched and you've done that, that move a thousand times before and nothing has ever happened. And now this time you, you, uh, you threw out your elbow, um, or you tore your ACL or you sprained an ankle and nobody touched you. And, um, you've done that movement a thousand times without any issues. You should be asking yourself why that happened. Um, don't just let someone tell you it was a freak accident. Right. That's just, and that's, that's what just, it's, that's, 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 that's what that's we're told. That's their, yeah, that's their cop out because they don't want to spend the time or they don't know, uh, which is fine, I guess. They should probably know if you're going to see them for your injury. Right. Um, but they should have some idea or should be able to refer you to somebody instead of just telling you, oh, that's a freak accident. 
here, go to PT. What, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's it, our- It's bizarre. Cause I went to see- Yeah, like you went to eight years, you went to four years of undergrad, you went to four years at a doctorate, and then you went to probably two years for a sports medicine degree or whatever you're doing, whether you went to athletic training school for four years and then you went to uh, PT school for another two or three years or chiropractic. And what you can tell me from eight to 10 years of schooling is that it's a freak accident and I should go to PT. Yeah. I mean, anyone like that's the, that's the lazy. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. That's like me going to my car mechanic and having them say, Oh, your car's just old. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, you must've hit a, like, I don't know. It's just, it's gotcha. just dumb. It's just yeah. No, I got it's just you. lazy and, then, and just terrible health. I mean, terrible healthcare. It's funny because you see it so much, especially in football, and it always seems to happen on one of those like routine cuts, you know. And the guy just goes down, and it's just and that's what it is. It literally looks like a freak accident. Next thing you see, the guy's on IR, and you don't see him again until next year. And then you know, there's yeah. some there's some athletes in football basketball whatever that continue to have the same thing I, and we all talk about you know we as fans we talk about man this guy's soft like he's so, it, just one it's soft tissue injuries you know one after another after another get him off the team type of deal but nobody's really talking about like hey maybe this doesn't have to be this way maybe there's something yeah. out there that we don't have to see this guy get hurt every three games exactly. or you know no, that, I mean, unless they're on the Yankees, of... unless they're on the Yankees. As a Twins fan, we have no problem. As a Twins fan, I severely hate you wearing that hat. But we'll let it we, we, <laughs> we have no problem getting hurt. Trust me, because <laughs> we do it on a regular basis. If there's yeah. any two, any any two guys that probably need to come see you, it would be Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge because they can severely benefit from something. Yeah, but uh, but hey, Byron Buxton. Yeah. Hopefully, we get him when it's when the time comes. Yeah, then yeah, you'll yeah. really hate us. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, with all of our our good players that we get rid of. That, you know what the good thing is though? The Yankees are are I think they're done buying talent at this point. I yeah, think they're right. gonna start building guys. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Because the buying talent so. shit is not is <laughs> not getting it done anymore. You get it. You get. Stanton and he plays 30 games a year and he, yeah. he makes more money than anybody else out there. So hopefully yeah. that's over. <laughs> so, but we'll see. We'll, we will see. But, uh, uh, one other thing that's like really close to me. Um, my son, he's 10. He's a pitcher, plays baseball. He plays little league. He plays travel ball. Very good. Um, throws hard for a 10 year old. Um, when do you when do you feel like it's safe to start doing these treatments like what age like for for these for younger kids is it something that that we should be practicing as you know as soon as they start playing sports competitively or or is it not safe for younger kids or you know Kind of one if of those. you're if you're allow if you're allowing your kid to throw a baseball and pitch, then this is a hundred percent okay. <laughs> yeah. So this this is this is not this is not doing anything that the body itself doesn't already do. 
all right. you're doing, all you're doing is stimulating those muscles. It's going to be, a, it might be a little bit painful for them. It might be a little bit uncomfortable, but nothing, you're not doing anything that's going to harm them. Um, the guy that I trained under works on his, on his less than one year olds um, and does some, wow. does some different things with them. Um, so it's, it's definitely a hundred percent safe. Um, I have, I would work on, a, I've worked on a 14 year old figure skater. I've worked on, like, it's not, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything out of the norm. You're not really, right. you're just stimulating the body. Um, and it's, and it's healing response. Um, so you're not doing anything that throwing a baseball is probably doing more harm than whatever I'm going to be doing. Right. To a, um, to a 10 year old to whatever. Yeah, um, so. so, I mean, I have a huge baseball, um, you know, group of people, you know, yeah. part of different baseball um, groups and pages and things like that. And um, yeah. hoping to kind of, you know, put this episode on those platforms to, to maybe help out with that. Cause yeah, you see sure. like, you know, mostly like 11, 12, 13 year olds, they start throwing curveballs and things like that. And they start really getting hurt. They re, you know, their arms start getting hurt, elbows start getting hurt. And, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously in this industry, you have a lot of experience. Would you, would you recommend that we, we are working on our kids? Cause I don't think anybody, you know, nobody that I know really does. I feel like you, you, you look at kids as like they're, they're flexible, they're, mendable they don't really get hurt that often when it comes to sports and we just leave them be and we don't you know i i i've never seen a 12 year old kid pitch 80 90 pitches and then go ice his arm afterwards they just go home and they they go play um is this something you (laughs) right is this something that you think is this something that you think we should be looking to do early on to to kind of help along the healing process because you know the arm after that many pitches on a 10 year old 11 year old needs to heal you know otherwise yeah. they wouldn't have pitch limits and things like that like we're we're admitting that it does something to the muscles and the and the tendons in the arm we're admitting that but we're not we're not telling anybody what we should do to to help it or to you know in the long run yeah so I- um, I, I mean, I grew up playing baseball ever since I was probably four. So, yeah. and I was a pitcher, even though I wasn't very good at it. I never really liked it that much, but I did it because I could throw hard. Um, but if, if you, if you know the game of baseball, you know that if you dial in a fastball and a changeup and you hit your spot every time, kids are going to have a tough time hitting you college players are going to have a tough time hitting you if you're i mean if you're throwing if you're throwing hard and you're changing enough even if you're not throwing that hard but you're changing enough between your fastball and your your changeup and you're hitting your spot every time you're going to be a you're going to be a tough kid to hit and you're going to have a fabulous career yeah. um, i mean some of the best pitchers in the in the MLB throw under 90 hit their yep. spot every freaking time and throw a changeup that drops 15 miles an hour or whatever it is. Yep. Um, so a curveball is not a necessity. It's fun to throw. 
it's fun to kid i mean every kid i mean i remember always wanting to throw one and i threw one um but it's a working on if you can't if you can't hit your spots with a fastball and a changeup, you have no right throwing a curveball yet um agreed so (laughs) yeah so if, if if you can't throw a fastball and hit your spots, you probably even shouldn't even start throwing a changeup yet. Um, I mean, hitting your spots is more important than how fast you can throw. There's guys that can throw over 90 miles an hour that don't make it in the MLB because they can't hit a spot. They walk right. too many guys. They hit too many guys. Um, there's obviously there's people that, that don't hit spots as well that make it in the MLB have decent careers but the best guys are hitting their spot every time. That's more important than, than speed all day, every day. Um, right. So if, if you're missing pitches with your fastball at 95, an MLB hitter is going to put that out 500 feet. If you're at, at 88 miles an hour and you're hitting your spot every time, you're less likely to get those bombs on you. Um, and so that's, that's one. That's the, first, right. that's the first thing is realizing, let's, hey. Let's skip the curveball. Let's not just chuck your curveball in there because we want a third pitch or whatever. Let's let's right. dial in our fastball, make sure we're hitting our spots. Let's dial in our uh, our changeup, making sure we're hitting our spots with that. Those two pitches alone could get you to be one of the best MLB pitchers ever. You you can get you can you can become one of the best MLB pitchers ever if you throw those two if you throw those two, you hit your spots and there's enough change in between them. Okay, so that's the first thing I want kids to realize, parents to realize, coaches to realize. You don't need a curveball. You don't need a slider. You don't need um, you don't need all these other pitches. There's plenty of pitchers that are in the MLB that have locked in a fastball and a changeup, have a curveball, but it's not their go-to pitch. Um, so it's I would venture to say you could get from where you're at now to the MLB with two pitches as long as there's enough change and you hit your spot every freaking time not not nine out of ten times ten out of ten times hitting your spot it's doable there's people in the mlb now that do it um obviously they miss once in a while but um, right so that's that's key number one the second is obviously recovery ice Mm -hmm. is ice is old news ice is ice if the it's going to slow down some swelling Okay, so ice doesn't get rid of any swelling. That's myth number one. It doesn't actually get rid of swelling. It slows down the swelling that is occurring. That's going to be second thing, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what it does, if we can get a little scientific with it, ice slows down the, the metabolism of your cells. So your, your cells metabolize. Okay, that creates, that increases the blood flow that's coming there. So what happens is we're slowing down that, that metabolism process, which slows down the amount of blood that's coming to that area. So okay. if there's already swelling in that area, ice is not actually decreasing that swelling at all. Time decreases that swelling. Soft tissue work decreases that swelling. Ice doesn't actually decrease any swelling. Got so that's, that's myth number one. And then the second is that all, uh, ice, all ice does after that is pain management. So pain if you're in pain, you can go ahead and put ice on it. If that, if that's what the athlete is wanting, if they're not, I mean, if that's, if they're in pain, ice is a good option. If they're yeah. too, very rarely, 
Um, if it's an actual injury, if it's more of a chronic injury, go ahead and put heat on it. So chronic would be anything over like four or five days of straight pain um, after an injury, obviously like nagging over time. Yep. Um, but don't put heat on anything. If you went and tore something in your elbow or your, or your shoulder, um, I wouldn't put heat on it right away for the first three, four days. That's going to actually increase that swelling and too much swelling can have a negative effect on the tissue. Um, That's going to be so, a shocker to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So three, four days after an injury, you can start putting heat on it. Um, so that there's, dip, there's very, like, it's very specific things that, that you can do with that. Um, and so obviously taking like anti-inflammatories, that's going to help decrease, but these are all, these are all symptoms that you're having arm pain, right. um, shoulder pain. Those are all symptoms. There's a reason for these that are happening. One is because of arm mechanics. So there's, there's people that can throw 120 pitches without any problems. They can come back the next day and throw just fine. So there's, there's arm mechanics that are involved. And so really breaking that down and figuring out, doing some slow-mo videos, doing some, doing some actual evaluations of your kids throwing. Okay. Um, and then obviously doing proper shoulder strength and shoulder posture. Um, and doing some soft tissue work as well. So there's there's a whole list of things that are going to go into into your kid's arm and the health of their arm. Um, obviously, from my standpoint, I can go into a couple of different things because I grew up playing baseball. I know different things like that. But the soft tissue work is going to help with the symptoms. So working on elbows, working on shoulders, but then also working on proper posture. So if your kid's sitting on their iPad, sitting on a computer, playing video games, just going throughout their day, most likely they're in bad shoulder posture. Their shoulders rolled forward. Their pec like is mine right now. Yeah. So <laughs> your, your shoulders rolled forward. So what that does is it overstretches all these muscles here in the back, your rotator cuff muscles. Mostly yep. there's obviously other muscles back here too, but what that's doing is that's overstretching all day. Okay, and so what that does, if, if you overstretch a muscle for a long period of time, that eventually weakens that muscle, okay, whether it's at 75, 80% of its regular strength. So then what happens when you, I come here, okay, and I come through, what happens is I don't, my, my brakes are 80%, only at 80% strength, okay, or 60% strength, or whatever it is, depending on yeah. how long I've had my shoulder roll forward. So what happens when my brakes Okay, of my arm throwing. So once I release, now that my brakes, okay, so this yep. is overstretched, 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 throwing 60, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. Okay, and I'm not able to, my muscles are not strong enough to prevent me from overstretching that shoulder. So what's happening is we're getting micro tears in here, which is compounding. So now my 80% that I was at before I started throwing today, now I'm at 55% because of overstretching or whatever it is i'm just making up but you're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. you're making the issue even worse by now throwing um so working on proper shoulder posture and having that shoulder be down back and down so there's a difference between here shoulder rolled forward okay now my back is engaged my lats are engaged my my rotator cuff muscles are engaged 
Um, so working on proper posture, not only while you're throwing, but throughout the rest. I'm more worried about the other 11, uh, uh, 23 hours of the day. So uh, right. <laughs> I'm more worried about the other 23 hours of the day than I am the one hour that you're throwing the baseball. Right. So if you're in Makes bad sense. posture, if you're in bad posture, if you're not lifting properly, um, if the, if you're not, even if you're doing a VLO program or whatever it is that you're doing for your arm strength, if you're not doing that properly, that's going to affect, that's not going to be doing anything for you while you're throwing a baseball. And so that's a, that's an incredible, incredible explanation of all that. And, yeah. I, and, and, and it, wow, it makes so much sense. I mean, it really makes so much sense. Yeah, that, so I'm more worried about 23 hours of the day than everyone is worried about a one-hour right. portion of your day. I mean, it's no, not even it. one hour probably. Um, and so, so focus on focus on the actual 23 hours of the day where that shoulder's rolled forward and we're overstretching here. We're yep. overly tight here. Um, everyone's like, oh, don't bench press, don't bench press, which is, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, fair, behind, there's fair points behind that. Yep. This muscle is tight, and yes, you don't want to necessarily do a ton of bench pressing. You don't want to go super heavy, um, but you also want to you also want to have that muscle be strong. And so, right. a stretching it, doing doing more repetitions, less actual um, less actual weight, and then mm -hmm. obviously strengthening your back, but in proper posture. Strengthening your back out of posture is not doing any good for you. Right, probably making it worse. You're just strength, trying to strengthen muscles that are diminished already, and you're probably making it worse um, from from past experience. So, wow, I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, now? Do you have any videos or any um, anything up for like that for those yeah. parents or directed towards those parents, like sports kids parents? Yeah. Um, so, so I have videos up for the symptoms. So elbow pain, um, forearm tightness, uh, shoulder front, front of the shoulder, back of the shoulder, um, all that. I have stretches. I have, um, rolling with a tennis ball, baseball, lacrosse ball, yeah, um, I saw those scrape, ones. Yeah, scraping of the forearm. You can scrape the front of the shoulder, um, so there's, there's videos on the actual symptoms, which are good. We want to get rid of the symptoms, but what we also want to do, which is the, the shoulder posture video that I have, um, is working on proper shoulder posture throughout the day. The younger and the earlier that you catch kids in bad posture, the better that's going to be long-term for their yep. shoulder, for their elbow, just for their overall health in general but also then throwing a baseball is going to compound whatever. If something's a little bad and you're not throwing a baseball, you'll be able to survive. It won't be as bad. Right. If you're doing something, if your posture is just a little bit off and then you're throwing a hundred pitches, 80 pitches um, every fourth day, every once a week uh, for 10 years of your life or however long that your baseball career lasts, that's going to compound that little bad posture every time you're throwing that baseball. Um, so working on the proper posture. So the way that you can work on it. Oh, so the way that you can actually work on it is having that palm up. Okay. This is the easiest way. 
This is the easiest way to get that shoulder in proper posture. Now the tough part is, and the part that you need to work on, so you're squeezing that back muscle and yep. trying to push that armpit forward. So you feel, you feel your Oof. back muscles activate. Oh yeah. <laughs> probably, probably feel some, probably feel, feel some pulling through here, your armpit. I feel it everywhere. Yeah. So you, in this area right here in the front of your shoulder, you have your yep. pec tendon that attaches there. You have your short head of your bicep. You have your subscapularis tendon and you have your latissimus dorsi tendon. So th three of those are super, well, actually all four of those are going to, so bicep tendon is going to get stretched here and pec tendon. And then when we're coming through here, okay, we're coming and rotating across, that's subscapularis and lat. So I'm getting all four of those tendons in one motion of throwing a baseball, which is why here softball is a lot easier on the shoulder because we're not ro we're not doing as much rotation. I'm yeah, coming that's here, why. not as much pressure, not as much pressure, not as much pressure. I'm not really doing any internal rotation of that shoulder. Right. Okay, so I'm that's not why they go 140 pitches. Exactly. And they can nah, I'm a big day. softball fan. We, yeah, yeah, and we, they can throw every day of their life because they're not overstretching these back muscles. They're here, 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 no overstretching, right. no, no internal rotation, which are the two things that baseball pitchers have problems with. And so whether that, that accumulates um, here in the shoulder, shoulder pain, or here in the elbow, okay, so if I'm here, obviously some of this is going to be arm mechanics, but if I'm typing all day long, I'm texting all day long, I'm playing video games all day long, that's, that's using these forearm muscles. And so what happens if we use these forearm muscles for 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day because we're on our computer, or we're on our iPad, or we're on our phone, okay? That tires these muscles out, and then we need to go throw a baseball, and we're coming, we're coming here, okay? and then we're coming through overstretching, overstretching all these muscles that are diminished already, okay? And then we're, we're putting stress here where they attach, so on that elbow, okay? So obviously some of that elbow is a little bit more in mechanics, um, but also it's paying attention to, hey, how's that, is the forearm super tight? Am I overstretching that forearm? So right. looking through forearm, hands, okay? Up into the bicep, work on the biceps, okay? That attaches here and here working on the tricep uh, muscles, and then also working on back and chest. So this whole section, not just, oh, I have pain in my elbow, I'm gonna work on right. my elbow, or I just have pain in the front of my shoulder, I'm just gonna work on the front of my shoulder. So working here, here, okay, all the way, all the way down the trap, all the way down the tricep, all the way to the bicep, all both sides of the forearms and in the hands. So those are all gonna affect each other, obviously. Okay, so don't just work on one area. You can focus a little bit more on one area, but work on the others as well because they're contributing to each other. And so working on that posture, sorry, it's a long-winded answer, but working on that no, posture I'm, of I'm having the palm, the, the, the way I teach it is because palm up is the easiest way to get that shoulder because I'm, I'm an external rotation when I put that palm up. So it's easier for me to get in proper posture. So the challenging part is actually lowering your arm back down and keeping that shoulder back where it was when it was up here. And then moving here and working on keeping that posture. Okay, so winging shoulder blades is, is not is something that is not just natural occurring. 
you have muscles that aren't firing right, which is why your shoulder blade wings out like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So if you, if you see your kid when they come here in front and their shoulder blade is winging, they have muscles that aren't firing right in the, in their back. Um, and so working on that and then actually having, while they're doing work, work, while they're doing workouts, while they're doing velo, while they're doing a band work, making sure that their shoulder, those are shit. Uh, those are shit unless you're proper posture, unless you're in proper posture, have good form. Those aren't going to be doing diddly squat for you if, if you're not actually using proper form. You're just strengthening some muscles that are in bad posture. So you need to have the good posture first and work out and do workouts and do shoulder stabilization with, prop, with that proper posture. So, I mean, it's more important to do those workouts with proper posture. I'd rather have you just not do them at all than, than do them with bad posture. So, Right, counterproductive. Yeah. Dude, you got a lot of good shit and a lot of good shit. I hope, I hope people get on board with you, man, because it's, it's like super, obviously just this time here, super informative. I think it's yeah, going to help I a lot of people. And, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm working on changing the, the healthcare system one, one mind at a time, hopefully. So you, I'm on board. I think it's great. And I'm going to, you know, rewatch this a few times yeah. And watch it with my son and, and kind of start getting into that mindset because it just, it just makes sense. Yeah. And, you know. and, and be, and watch out for, I mean, your, your, your posture, you know, when you're off, he might not have me and might not be able to realize that. So pay right. attention while, while he's on his iPad, while he's playing video games, things like that. Um, yep. And not here. Okay. So that's where everything starts. That's the root cause of the issue. And so though that root cause is then causes the symptoms. So if you have your list of symptoms over here, you go see a massage therapist or a chiropractor or a doctor or a sports medicine doctor or an athletic trainer. Most of the time they're going to be looking at these symptoms and only treating the symptoms. Right. They're not going to get here and treat the actual root cause of posture. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you went to 10 people right now in the medical field, they would never probably talk about, they'd probably say, Oh, you have bad posture. And that's probably it. That's probably where the conversation would end. They wouldn't say, oh, here's how you fix it. Here's some things. Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that, I see that a lot on your page, the root cause, you know, getting yep. to the root cause of what's going on. And it makes so much sense because you, when you really think about it, every doctor you go see, in my, you know, experience, literally just wants to treat the symptom of what's going on with medication or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it is, it's all money. And it's, that's, it's unfortunate that's you coming back. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You to come back and every time that symptom comes up again. So the easiest way, just last thing quick, the easiest way to explain it is if I, if I am punched, if I punch myself in the arm and it bruises and it hurts and my muscle gets tight and I go into a doctor and say, I have a bruise on my arm. They're going to say, okay, let's here, maybe put an ice pack on it. Cause there's a little bit of swelling. Maybe do some stretching of that. Maybe do a little bit of, massage okay symptom 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 yep. okay not why do you have a bruise on your arm okay right so if i if i if i treat symptoms every time and i don't stop okay so every third day i punch i, I get rid of the symptoms then i third day punch myself again in the arm okay what happens is that's you're just going to count every third day treating symptoms treating symptoms treating symptoms treating symptoms and no one no one is asking the question of why 
We're very Someone's tying your other arm behind your back. Yeah. Yeah, well, not even that, but just correcting the, the actual issue, whether yeah. I mean, actually getting to, if I stop punching myself in the arm, okay, if I stop punching myself in the arm, I'm not going to have those symptoms anymore. If I right. correct my shoulder posture, I'm not going to have shoulder pain, elbow pain. So, I mean, you got to get, it's not just the one thing, it's a list right. of things, but for the most part, um, it's, it's posture, food, I mean, food. Uh, sleep, all these different stress, all these different things go into that. But a lot of it yeah. comes down to posture, and that's mostly what I work with. So, great, and yeah. great, and uh, <laughs> thank you, man. That was that was a lot more than yeah. I honestly could have asked for. I thought that you know a lot of good information, yeah. and again, I, I appreciate think that. a ton of people. And you're you know obviously you're young like yeah, me. I hope, I hope and, it's I hope it makes sense to people, and I try and explain it. And, I think it, it, it's hard for, sense. I think it would be hard for it not the way you explain, yeah. like you just said, I think it would be hard for it to not make sense. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I, I hope that's I, the case. I don't, I, that's how, yeah. maybe I'm different. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I hope watch it, watch too. it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I've tried cause I know people, I don't try and use big medical terms. I don't yeah. try and use, I usually try and say front of the shoulder, back of the shoulder instead of this muscle, like I'll say muscles once in a while, but. Yep. A lot of the time I'll try and do both just because that's not, if people start talking to me about financial words and other like tax words. Yep. So I'm trying to get in their mindset. So yeah, I hope no, this I helps. Hear you. I, I think um, it will. I really do. I think you're doing, I think what you're doing is great, man. And I think yep. you're well on your way and I think you're going to get a lot of people on board and appreciate help a lot that. of people really. I, I think awesome. it's, it's going to be great. And yeah, um, appreciate that. Just, to, just, to, just to add a little flavor to this thing <laughs> you must be a you must be a vikings fan unfortunately yeah well i mean more Bill, fortunately than being a giants fan? fan no i'm a giant uh, oh, okay all right i'm just saying for you got sore <laughs> losing giants fan hey you but, got you have you have a couple under your belt at least we got zero yeah i know i know well you almost got one so there's one the case came almost, to stefan almost doesn't yeah almost doesn't count how was that? How was that? How was that moment still hurts. in Minnesota? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's still, it's, we still hold on to that moment. Um, but the bills have them now. So we'll see how, how they do with them. See how Josh Allen does with them. Yeah. Head case. You're, you're probably, uh, you're, he's a wide receiver. They're all, yeah, he's a wide receiver. They're all, uh, they're all, they're all head cases. Yeah. They're all, they're all divas for the most part. Uh, yeah. So the last, the last thing, what the hell does skull mean? It's a, why do you guys say it, skull? It comes, it's an old word in the Viking language. I'm pretty sure like the old medieval Vikings, I'm pretty sure is where it comes from. I don't know exactly what it means, but everybody, skull. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows That's where it comes from. It comes from Viking tradition. Cool. Yeah. Got it. And it's just Josh. cool. We got something you, everyone else doesn't. It, it, no, it does sound cool. I'm super yeah. jealous. Of it. I'm super <laughs> jealous that we don't have anything that's like, yeah. wait, you got who that? You got who they? You got Skull? You got, yeah. and we're just the Giants and we go yeah. four and 12 every year. So it's, yeah, we, we're, we're, uh, it's rugged around here right now. We're not, we're not thrilled. But hey, and the Knicks. young guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's root for them. <laughs> I'm right. glad the Knicks aren't yeah. playing right now. Yeah. But, uh, All right, have a good one. I appreciate Josh, you having me on. 
Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yeah, you no coming problem. on. I and, hope, uh, I hope and, this helps. Yeah, definitely let yeah. me know if you have any questions. Yeah, definitely. I will, and uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. See you later, buddy.